quintessential podcast, a late August edition. It feels like the seasons have changed for me. I got to start college football this week. I'll be down at Atlanta covering the MEAC SWAC Challenge, Alabama State, and Howard uh, Saturday night at 7 on ESPN. And all of a sudden, I'm in football season. Uh, the PLL is off this week. They'll be playing September 3rd up at Gillette in the quarterfinals. You got three games on ESPN Plus starting at noon with the Chrome and Chaos. And when I say that it feels like summer's over, it's really because last weekend uh, was the end of the U21 World Championships. We got to televise those games on ESPNU. I avoided the long trip to Seattle. I was allowed to call the game from home. Unfortunately, I wasn't in Limerick, where our guest uh, was doing a fantastic job. We welcome in Kenny Brower of Team USA. Uh, unbelievable job. Duke defender. Kenny, I, I got to tell you, watching that game, uh, first of all, congratulations, but you and Brennan kind of jumped off the screen at me and I could see there was a certain intention. There was a certain will, there was a certain focus and energy level that you guys brought. What was it like in that championship game? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, first thank you, uh, for having me today, but, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, this experience that we had over the past two weeks was definitely incredible and really once in a lifetime thing. So, uh, really going into it, our like mentality was uh, you really get only one chance to do this. And uh, so we had a laser focus. And then also too, I mean, I'm uh, coming off our uh, season this past year, we definitely, uh, definitely had a little more hunger uh, coming into it. So yeah, I'd say just from our intensity standpoint that those are definitely key factors in uh, bringing it. In that what game. was it like? What was it like to be a member of this team when this event kept getting pushed back and pushed back? You finally get to Ireland. You know Team Canada is the team to beat, and you're there for, what, almost two weeks. There's a lot of time to think about it, right? Yeah, so actually I had a little uh, different situation than most of the guys on the team. So I was, uh, I was one of the later additions. So I, was, I joined the team this past fall. So uh, I was a part of three training camps. But, uh, yeah, definitely, I mean, just talking and being around these guys, and uh, they've been through this process for three years. And, uh, I mean, yeah, just his focus on uh, once we got there on uh, obviously uh, like uh, trying to beat Canada and just the history of the championships. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was great. But uh, yeah, so my situation was a little bit different, but uh, still, it was definitely uh, it was definitely worth it. What was Limerick like? You guys were staying in the dorms, apparently. Uh, did you get out in town and, and did you get to see any of Ireland? What was what was the uh, what was the entire entirety of the trip like? Yeah, so the uh, living situation. So we were uh, almost in a. Uh, a village and uh we had like apartments of about six guys and uh, yeah so I, I had roommates with uh both the Kurtz brothers uh Kavanaugh um Jackson Bonnets and Grand Bundy and yeah those guys were awesome to live with and then uh yeah so we basically all in this one section on campus together and uh, so spent a tremendous amount of time together and then um a couple nights we went uh we had a dinner with our families. We were able to go throughout the town of Limerick that night. And um, that was pretty cool, but uh, definitely a lot different than uh, America. It, as uh, we went there on a Friday and everything was closed on uh, on Friday after six, besides uh, a lot of the restaurants. But then uh, one another day, we went to the Cliffs of Moore uh, with our families and our entire team. And that was a, that was a really cool experience too, uh, seeing that. I've been to Ireland once. It was uh... – I don't know, 15 years ago, they, ESPN actually sent me there to cover a horse race, the Irish Derby at the Curra. 
Uh, it was during the summer and I struggle with the time change and I struggle with the fact that it stayed light out like forever, like 10, mm -hmm. 10 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. It felt like it was still light out. Uh, did it, did it, did you feel different when you arrived and played Canada, maybe in that first game to how your body felt at the end of the trip last Saturday? Yeah. So that first day, actually, uh, we let our flight was at say a 6 PM on a Sunday on Sunday night. And then, uh, we got in at like say 6 a.m. Ireland time. So tried to sleep as much as we could on the plane, but it uh, wasn't the most comfortable. So a lot of us didn't really get sleep. But uh, that first day, uh, our whole team, we just tried to stay up that whole day so we could get on that sleeping schedule. So uh, honestly, I think most of our guys, uh, we were ready for that game physically. Uh, but definitely, the, uh, yeah, the sleeping schedule definitely was messing with us. I'd say that first day or two. And then, uh, yeah, by the time we uh, left uh, that last night, um, coming home, obviously celebrating, that was a great experience and didn't really sleep much then. But uh, now I'm still trying to just, uh, as I got back to American time right now. So I'm actually struggling right now at school, trying to get back on the sleeping schedule. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was definitely cool. I find it interesting, Kenny, that you didn't room with the other Duke guys, uh, with Jake Naso, who was there, Jake Caputo and... Brendan O'Neill. Uh, tell me about the Curse Boys, uh, Bundy and, and Jackson Bonnets. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I started off with the Curse Brothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've done already a lot of interviews with them, and they're, they're two awesome guys. Cole, one of our uh, team captains, just extremely energetic, always, always uh, positive. And, uh, yeah, he just really – he was one of those guys that really uh, glued this team together as a leader. Uh, yeah, CJ, his brother. Very similar, also another phenomenal player, great uh, great guy. Uh, Jackson Ponitz, one of my uh, defensive line mates, awesome guy, awesome player at Navy. Uh, Bundy, another one of our team captains. Uh, another uh, great guy. Yeah, all these guys. And I and Kavanaugh, I played against uh, me and Kavanaugh. I was a pretty unique situation, just playing against each other twice a year. But then, uh, I mean, I've pretty much played against them my whole life, so we have that uh, – we had that respect for each other. And it was, uh, yeah, cool meeting all these other guys on uh, this level as opposed to just playing against them. But, uh, yeah, obviously I'm with the Duke guys all the time. So it was definitely cool to uh, kind of broaden my horizons and uh, meet these other guys. You grew up in Massapequa. I'm from Lindbrook. And I, I was proud, like the Long Island guys showed up big time for Team USA. Uh, uh, Pat Cavanaugh, who grew up in Rockville Center, played at Chaminade. Brennan, Brennan was awesome. Uh, yourself and and uh there's somebody else uh oh liam Entiment between the pipes a point lookout kid who, who also went to to chaminade is there a little long island love going on amongst you guys yeah yeah definitely uh having uh all those guys on the team definitely uh gave another uh, level of uh, a sense of comfort to our you miss uh two of our other guys our other goalie jared paquette and then uh mikey alexander he was also uh, another long island guy and uh, yeah so me and mikey alexander we played on the same club team since like fourth grade. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, I played against Kavanaugh, played with, uh, I actually went to elementary school with Liam. So I've known him for a while. And then obviously having the Duke guys on the team that are from Long Island. But uh, yeah, it was definitely cool uh, representing Long Island with the number of guys that we did, which was uh, really, yeah, really great. Paul Katz from West Islip. When you're from Lindbrook, mm -hmm. you don't get out to West Islip very much. Uh-huh. <laughs> So you're back in school. Are you in classes already, Kenny? No. So, uh, yeah, luckily this is just week of orientation. So uh, just got down to school 
uh, Sunday night. And uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still moving in to my house now. But uh, yeah, school starts the following Monday. So you're you you've made 42 starts. Uh, you're an All American. You're considered a senior, but do you have junior eligibility, or or what's the deal with that? Yeah, so I'm yeah going to my senior year, but yeah with junior eligibility. Wow, so you got the COVID year back. Yeah, I was going over your roster with with uh, Coach Caputo uh, earlier with Ronnie earlier today, and and I was looking at Duke, and it's hard for me to figure out who's back and who's not. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, last thing about the USA experience: what type of interactions did you have with some of the other nations? Uh, what was that like? Yeah, so I think that might have been a uh, definitely one of the highlights of my trip was uh, meeting these other countries and uh, just learning about. Uh, their lifestyles and kind of how the sport has changed their life and how they approach the sport in their countries. So, uh, yeah, for example, uh, within our village, uh, Team Japan was uh, pretty uh, close. They were like the next quarters over. And uh, every day they're coming out saying like, oh, like, let's go to the field, have a catch. Like, uh, just always wanted to keep the stick in their hand and just learn uh, uh, tricks from us and uh, tips from us too. And then uh, talking uh, another team that we were pretty close with was uh, uh, team Kenya and uh, those guys uh, I mean this is nothing they've ever experienced before in their life and just to be there and see uh, the smiles on their faces and just doing whatever we can to yeah uh, brighten their day and help them kind of grow the game and advance the game was uh, very cool and then uh, yeah another like a uh, little part of meeting these other countries is uh, a lot of guys like to trade gear so uh, got to now I'm going to be repping some Kenya lacrosse shirts or a Japan lacrosse shirt and uh, vice versa for them too. So it was definitely cool meeting all these other countries and just seeing uh, their situations uh, of lacrosse. Oh, that's awesome. You know, Team USA, Team Canada is such a responsibility. The Haudenosaunee, those guys are rock stars when they walk around these events. But if you're Team USA, every single team there is looking up to you. So it's good to hear that you got out and, and met some of these other teams. Maybe later in your career, you can go visit some of these places and, and coach for a bit. It'll be a It'll be a fun paying vacation. Yeah, definitely. It'd definitely be cool to uh, make a difference out there. Uh, tell me about uh, Coach Myers and his staff and how they were able to get this team to gel. Because one thing that was apparent watching the, the semis and the finals, you guys played hard. You guys played really hard. Uh, and then you played together as a team uh, offensively and defensively for the most part. I understand there were a couple of breakdowns here and there, but that's part part of high level across uh, how, how did this group uh, establish the feeling of team and, and everyone's a star and like, you got to give your ego in, you got to play the team. Like how, how did that work? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So from my standpoint, uh, right. So I was only on the team for uh, two camps. So yeah, unfortunately I only got to know them for uh, the past couple months, but uh, yeah, I really can't say enough uh, great things about these coaches. They really brought us together, whether it was just, like uh, one thing I think separated was us with a uh, really uh, during this two week uh, trip, we pretty much did like everything together, whether it was those trips or team meals. Um, we were always around each other. And uh, I think that definitely played dividends in the end, just whether it was just a chat I'm having with another teammate at the dinner table and learning about them, I think definitely translates to the field. And uh, yeah, I think also another uh, two thing, I think obviously a lot of us playing against each other, our whole lives, uh, definitely having a little bit of common uh, knowledge about each other too, definitely helps. And then the coaches kind of just uh, steered the ship and uh, they 
pretty much brought the intensity with us every day. And they were coaches that uh, made us want to go out there, play for each other and play for them too. Well, you mentioned team meals. I want to thank our podcast sponsor, Sammy's Trattoria uh, in Baltimore and also now in Hunt Valley. Uh, really, really good food, whether it's uh, their sausage and peppers, their salads, the caprese salad, their arugula salads. Uh, their pastas are like the best in town. Their linguine. Love their risotto. They got Petro's veal there. If you bring a large group, they'll serve you Paul Rabel family style, uh, whether it's a date, a family dinner, or you bring in their whole lax team. If you're in Baltimore for a lacrosse event, you got to eat at Sammy's. Uh, last thing, Kenny, about uh, the USA experience, uh, that final game, you matched up with Ross Scott, who's a difficult cover from Rutgers, super fast. He was really productive last year. Apparently, Duke may be playing Rutgers this year. That's unofficial, but I'm not sure about that. What, what was it like? Uh, covering a player like Ross, whose uh, whose speed uh, is is super dangerous. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Ross is a great player, extremely fast and explosive. And uh, yeah, just one of the things is uh, always trying to keep my stick out there, match feet with him, and then uh, bring a little physicality to it. But uh, with uh, definitely with the teammates behind me, uh, obviously putting a sense of trust in me, and then me also trusting them. Uh, really gave me a sense of comfort and, uh, uh, and knowing that like I didn't have to do everything myself and just kind of go out there and play my game. So definitely, yeah, really my teammates behind me just gave me another uh, extra sense of confidence to go out there and uh, do my thing. You know, I was thinking about your schedule uh, playing, you know, you've been a number one defender at Duke now, 42 games, as I said earlier, and the guys you've played against, like you have matched up with, guys who are playing in the pro league right now and doing really well. I mean, uh, like you can add to this list, Schellenberger, I'm guessing Matt Moore from Virginia, uh, Chris Gray from North Carolina. I'm sure you've probably matched up with on occasion, Asher Nolting when you play high point. Uh, did you cover Bernhardt or Wisnowskis? Uh, Wisnowskis I did. Yeah. And then uh, Bernhardt. Was, yeah. He, yeah. Like me so he's, the he's a pro now. And yeah. Like there's a ton of guys, uh, there's very few matchups that, that you haven't covered in, 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 in the last couple of years at, at Duke. What, what, what is, uh, th that's something special. I mean, that is not like you, you guys play a really competitive schedule and you've matched up with a lot of number ones. Uh, what's that? Well, you know, what's, what mindset does that take for you to pull that off? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was actually funny that you say that we were just talking, uh, talking to some of my teammates the other day watching the PLL games and we're like, wow, like all these guys are, doing great in the league and we played against all these guys but uh yeah going against all those uh great players and those matchups uh it uh just definitely gives me another uh boost of confidence knowing that like I could go out there and uh do my thing and that uh but also yeah too just like bringing another compete level knowing like each time these guys are so skilled and so talented that uh, I have to bring my A game every time to uh, do my best against them so yeah it's definitely great challenge but also i think it's yeah helping me grow as a player getting uh, yeah guarding all these guys and even in practice i mean obviously michael sowers was at duke uh for a year uh, how would you characterize the difference between covering a michael sowers every day in practice or a brendan o'neill yeah uh definitely sowers being uh uh extremely quick and explosive uh definitely hard to get your hands on him so uh like playing a guy like him, right? You just try to get your hands on him as much as you can and match feed, throw a couple of checks. But then, uh, and then it got a player like Brennan. So like, 
I mean, he is just a tremendous athlete. Really, there's not much he can't do. And, yeah, so I think he's he's definitely like a unicorn out there uh, when it comes to a matchup. And, he, yeah, he, he, he gives me fits all the time. He's a great player. Uh, what, what, what is your immediate schedule? You start classes. How soon does uh, fall ball or, or running and lifting start? Yeah, so actually uh, this week uh, we have we just got to camp. Uh, most of the guys just got to campus on Saturday. And then uh, we have orientation this week for the freshmen. But um, all the upperclassmen are uh, doing workouts this week. And then, uh, yeah, the freshmen can't do anything yet just to, they have to get to finish out their paperwork. But then, uh, yeah, running technically with the whole team starts on uh, Monday. So every, everyone's eager here to get back into it. But they still got that bad taste in their mouths from last year. Yeah, you got the bad taste. At least you were able to play this summer and get a good taste uh, in, in your mouth. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're coming to this fall in like tip top shape? What are some things that that a guy like yourself with a lot of experience? Uh, what like what's a, what's a, what's an individual focus for you uh, in the off season in the fall? Yeah, so definitely uh, as terrible was our last season ended. I mean, silver lining. And it uh, could have been that we had that extra month or two to prepare because obviously if you make it to the final four uh, or deep into the playoffs, you're not really getting home until say like the uh, beginning of June. So uh, definitely going into the summer, uh, I made the most uh, out of uh, those extra month, that extra month or so I could to really just get my body right, get all and nagging injuries, get uh, my uh, work on my full work and uh, obviously just get myself in shape because it's not only I wanted to be in shape when I came down to school, but I had to be in shape to play seven games uh, at the end of the summer in 10 days. So, uh, yeah, I did, yeah, definitely this summer. Uh, I think I could speak for everyone on behalf of our team, but uh, we definitely put in a lot of work this summer and are excited to uh, get back after it. Did you start playing in Massapequa uh, in, in a rec program or was it immediate, immediately to club? Uh, you talking about when I was younger? Yeah, when you were young. Yeah, yeah so when I was younger, we had our – uh, youth team, the uh, Mass People Mud Dogs were originally called. So, yeah, I started there when I was young. I think I want, want to say had to be like first grade, uh, got the stick in my hand. And then, uh, yes, yeah, then I, I was a 91 player. I joined in uh, fourth grade. Nice. Mass People has always had good athletes in, in, in all sports. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We we never Limburg never played Massapequa in football. You guys were too big. You know we were class B or C, and you guys were class A. But in lacrosse, uh, wrestled a lot of guys from Massapequa and, and from Burner before Burner shut down. Mm -hmm. That's that's uh that's an area that's produced uh, some big time lacrosse players. What uh tell tell me tell me about this, the fall uh defensively you guys bring back like Tyler Carpenter yourself. Will Frizzoli, I guess Wilson Stevenson's coming back. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, and and then some guys that I'm not as familiar with. Uh, Keith Boyer got some run last year, I believe. Who is who is Cole Kraus? I'm hearing good things about him. Yeah, so he's a he's a junior uh, defenseman. He had, he redshirted his freshman year, and uh, he got some run uh, last year. But uh, definitely expecting some big things out of him this year. What about Jack Gray, a shorty? Yeah, uh, so he yeah he was uh he played uh some uh, defensive midi for us last year, but uh he was a little banged up last year, so uh, this year too great athlete, expecting big things out of him too. Yeah, you, you know the Duke programs had so much success last year, as you said, you know you didn't make the NCAA playoffs, you lost six games, 
There were some good, there were some bad. It just seemed, felt uh, inconsistent from the outside. Uh, as a leader now of, of this program, what, what's your focus in, in, in turning things around uh, towards uh, a, a more successful 2023 20, campaign? Um, yeah, definitely uh, one of my focuses is uh, we're just kind of creating the culture where uh, like doing all the little things right. I think I've always prided myself on uh, being disciplined and uh, and uh, doing all the little things as I feel like that's what, once you get to this level, that's what separates everyone. So uh, just kind of trying to build a culture uh, around those, uh, around those standpoints and uh, just making sure we're having a great time and building this camaraderie while, uh, while we're doing it. How intense is the fall? Uh, yeah, fall gets pretty intense. So uh, we do it a little bit differently than uh, most schools. So we'll like say, uh, uh, run and lift for the first month or so and then uh get our bodies in shape and then uh get about to mid to september uh we uh start practicing and lifting so um and then at the end we tone it back down and then get back into the running and lifting but uh yeah it's pretty intense but it's a lot of fun i i have a great time and it's great meeting all these freshmen seeing uh what they can do and uh i mean as you know like a lot of these in these fall practices this is where uh you get uh, make your strides and uh, grow as a team and uh, earn spots. So it's definitely crucial for the, the team success in the come springtime. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, Kenny. Because I've always felt like fall ball, the competitions that people see or maybe come to on a Saturday in October, like they're kind of worthless. But there's there's a lot of time. It, it's almost like guys aren't in a rush. You don't have the grind of the game hanging over you. People aren't stressed out about playing time as much as they w- would be in the spring. And and it really is a time to grow. It's an important time to assimilate the freshmen. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was in school, we did it. I loved our, our fall practices were like a third skill development, a third defense or offense, you know, installation. And like, this is our system. And then a third of, of play. Uh, and we used to just scrimmage a lot, full field, keep score and play for something, whether it was sprints or pushups or, or something. Uh, and so that kept it, it wasn't, uh, it was not a grind. I think everyone looked forward to practice is uh, w- what do you think that the, 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 the tenor or the attitude of, of Duke's fall ball practices are? Um, I definitely say it's pr- pretty similar to kind of like how you were explaining. Um, definitely, uh, like we have a sense of competitiveness, like, uh, say last year, uh, during the COVID year, we would have a uh, team scrimmages every Friday. We did a draft and I split the teams up that way. And that definitely, uh, and it's taking a sense of excitement into each week and just competing against each other. And then uh, another cool uh, instance that we do in the fall is uh, we have like competition groups. So uh, at the end of the week, whether it's like a weightlifting competition or some uh, plate pushing competition outside on the field, something to that uh, effect. Uh, yeah, we're competing against each other all the time. And it definitely, uh, definitely is fun with all the guys. But uh, yeah, like I'm saying, it's definitely coming into this fall everyone's pretty eager to get back out there and start working hard but then uh, also like we understand um it's a long year and uh we gotta enjoy it while we're doing it this fall so it is it is a long year and that that's 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 changed just gradually seems like there's more and more and the season is getting you know extended obviously into january uh the finish line has remained the same memorial day weekend uh i i read History and econ is that is that still the case? What what you're pursuing? Yeah, so I'm currently a history major and an economics minor. What what part of history uh, most fascinates you? 
Um, I definitely say uh, I'm taking a – so at a school we have to um, go into a certain thematic concentration. So uh, my thematic concentration right now is uh, economic and business cultures. And, uh, yeah, definitely learning about uh, – I took some classes about, like, say, uh, 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 European empires and kind of seeing how uh, those early civilizations – uh, operated and kind of seeing just how everything evolutionized today and things that are still same then that are now, uh, that always fascinates me. And just seeing other parts of the world, seeing how they operate over there. That's pretty cool. I read, I read a good book this summer about Lewis and Clark and their exploration across uh, the West written by Stephen Ambrose. I enjoyed it quite a lot and realized that for some reason, Limerick and Johns Hopkins never covered the, the topics. It was, this was like totally new to me. These two guys basically established the Western part of our country. And I hadn't done a, I hadn't done a second of them in any class at any point. I, I thought that was kind of bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I say, uh, yeah, like uh, say in the high school classes too, uh, you always get the general basis of everything. But uh, now being uh, at Duke and like say specializing in history now, uh, get to learn about like the all the specific details about everything and it gives you a whole different perspective on a lot of things which is cool duke's got a new football coach uh on september 3rd though the action will be uh on the lacrosse field up at gillette pll quarterfinals three games all on espn plus starting at noon kenny when you watch the pll and you're eyeing up some defenders uh who are you looking at and what are you looking at uh i mean first yeah i definitely uh Looking at uh, two former uh, Duke defensemen, uh, JT, Giles Harrison, and Mike Manley. Uh, I mean, uh, never played with Mike Manley, but uh, he's just a legendary player in this program and has always given back and, uh, yeah, really left his mark in the program. So just his physicality. And, uh, I, yeah, I just love how he's a team leader out there on that team. And then, obviously, playing with my uh, my uh, old linemate, JT, Giles Harris. Just, uh, I mean, his game was always something I've always looked up to even before I got to Duke. And I mean, he taught me a tremendous amount. So I'm always just looking at him and his game. But uh, yeah, when I'm watching these games, cause I mean, obviously the rules have changed and just the speed of the game. But uh, yeah, something I always just look at, uh, I mean, I always pride myself on trying to uh, like be fundamental defenseman, uh, defenseman and discipline. So uh, yeah, I always just like the guys that are sound, playing body, not doing anything crazy. And then just uh, also making those invisible plays off ball where uh, you might not be making the, uh, stick check or stripping the ball, but they're, uh, say, playing two guys on the backside, something like that. Yeah, Mike Manley has a presence about him. He's a, a New York State uh, trooper up in the Rochester area. Uh, that That's, a, that's a, a young man that you don't want to mess with. JT, I thought it was interesting the way he played Lyle Thompson two weeks ago in a game I covered in Salt Lake City. He shadowed him really well. He did a great – I mean, he did an amazing job. And he didn't throw any checks. It was almost like he, he just he kept it really plain and really bland, knowing that Lyle's a counterpuncher. And, and I guess what I mean by that, Kenny, is like there's certain guys that when you check, you know, they roll. If you if you mm -hmm. poke, they you know, they work off of, of your aggression. And I thought in that game that JT kind of just backed off of him and said, I'm not going to throw any checks. I'm just going to, like, put a wall up in, fr in front of you. Uh, I, I, I thought that was really notable in the style of defense he chose to play. It seems, Kenny, that so many guys in that league like to create contact and then go from there, whether it's a Matt Rambo gets to your body. Uh, Zed Williams gets to your body. Asher Nolting wants to get, get to your body. H how do you deal 
with, with that type of, of attackman nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously these guys too are getting so uh, skilled now that uh, they pretty much get to their spot and could uh, shoot it, whether it's behind the back shuffle pass, but they're just getting these shots off. But uh, yeah, definitely going to a bigger guy that likes to throw the body around. Uh, honestly, kind of excites me too. I, I like to pride myself on being a physical guy. So uh, I just try to match their intensity and uh, give it to them back, throw some punches back. Yeah, so you like that. I mean, you got a super strong cross-handed hold. It's it's vicious at times. Uh, and then the counter to that is the you know the Michael Sowers of the world, the Chris Grays of the world. They want to dance around you and and uh, use their speed and their quickness. Uh, just a total contrast. It's amazing if you really break down to be a pro defender the different types of body types and styles that that you have to have to potentially cover. Yeah, definitely. But uh, that's definitely what makes, I think, uh, the sport of lacrosse so great, too, is just that uh, you have all these different types of athletes, different types of skill levels. But, uh, yeah, no matter what, like, you don't have to be the greatest athlete if you have a great stick and a uh, great IQ about the game, you're able to make it happen, too, which is uh, great about the game. Kenny, we appreciate you, you jumping on today, uh, fresh off the flight back home from Ireland. Uh, going forward, you, th- you think they're – Obviously, you, you got your the four guys from Duke who who will display their medals with pride. Uh, you think it's going to be, uh, and you'll probably bump into some of those team members down the road in, in the pros because you will be playing pros. Uh, I'm convinced you, you'll definitely get drafted by the PLL and have every opportunity uh, to be a pro defender. But uh, from a relationship standpoint, uh, I just think it's cool that you got to meet so many of those guys. And and do, do you see? you know, a, a lifetime of friendship through, through the sport uh, evolving from that? Oh uh, yeah. A hundred percent. Like, uh, even with these, uh, I know we're fresh off the trip, but still within the past three days, all these guys that, uh, I played with still reaching out to each other and, uh, yeah, a hundred percent, whether I see them on the field or, uh, later down the road, I mean, the lacrosse community is so tight knit. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, that was one of the highlights of, uh, this experience too, is just creating these friendships that, uh, yeah, hopefully will uh, last for a while. Kenny, I enjoyed watching you play. Congratulations. Uh, uh, congratulate uh, Brent and Jake and, and Naso when, when you get a chance as well. And, and good luck this fall. Uh, keep working. Uh, you're doing great things. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me.